Especially for our guests, thank you for being here and being a part of our assembly today. And we want you to know that you're welcome here. We're glad that you're a part of our assembly. And matter of fact, as I look out, I see Miss Elma here, and I, it's been a long time, and I'm so glad that she's able to be with us today. And for all of you that are our guests today, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. And some of you that uh, may be coming back and you're supposed to be here all the time, but you went somewhere else, well, uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, if you're from our area, uh, from town, and you came by today and you're uh, uh, assembling with us and worshiping and praising our God together with us, thank you for being here. We want you to know that you are welcome. And if you're just passing through and you're going somewhere else and you stopped in today, why, well, thanks for being here. Hopefully we can be an encouragement to you and, and uh, encourage you uh, and you can uh, uh, think about your Lord more on your trip. So thank you for being here this morning. This morning we'll be talking about a faithful servant. Now, I got to think of when I put, you put servant up there, there's certain things that come to mind, and uh, sometimes you think, well, a servant is someone who has to do it, and there's no choice about it, and you're forced to be a servant. Well, I want you to know that that's not what I'm talking about today, okay? I'm not talking about something you're forced to do. As a matter of fact, as we just got through singing, what a mighty God we serve, we think about who God is and what God has done for us and how much He cares about us, I'm thinking about, you know what, what can I do? I just want to serve my Lord. I just want to be His. I want to be this, this faithful servant. I want to do that. Now, I assume I'm talking to a, a group of people who want that. Just nod your heads or something. You, can guys, you want to serve your Lord. Anybody going to nod your head? I'm going to ask you to say amen if you don't. I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that more tomorrow than I did today. All right. I'd like to do that more this week than I did last week. Now, when I think about that and, and serving my Lord, I also understand that there's a lot of things involved in that. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, Paul puts it like this. Men ought to regard us as servants of Christ. In other words, that's the way we want people to look at us. We want people to see us as servants of Christ. As a matter of fact, and he goes on to say, and I'll, I'll talk more about this, you know, kind of toward the end of the lesson here. And as those entrusted with the secret things of God. You see, there are certain things about the servants of God that, that only the servants know, only God's children know, only the ones who have come in contact with and have a relationship with Christ. They know something wonderful and precious and beautiful. They know what it's like to be God's child, and they have the message of, of the gospel of Christ and the good news about our Lord, and they have that, and they have that in them, and they have that with them. And so we have something very special. Okay, and I'll talk more about that as we get toward the end. But notice what he goes on to say. Now, it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. You have something special, and you've got to prove faithful with it. This is what he says. I care very little, Paul says, if I am judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. What do you mean? Well, my conscience is clear, but that doesn't make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. So this morning I'd like to talk about and think about this idea of serving our Lord. And I assume that I'm, and I know, I'm with a whole group of people this morning who that's what we want. We'd really like to be more of a servant than we have been. So this morning I hope to be able to encourage you with some things that the Bible says about serving God. All right? Now, as I look at this particular verse, what I notice is that there's this idea of being a faithful servant. And I, I could ask, well, faithful according to who? Because you guys might look at me and say, oh, well, that's the guy that does the preaching on Sundays. He must be really, really good. Careful who you let be your judge, okay? Because if you notice that list he went through there, he says, I care. You notice he didn't say, I don't care at all, all right? He just says, I care very little. 
if I am judged by you. In other words, if you don't think I'm who I'm supposed to be, well, that makes very little difference to me. Because it's not about what you think about me. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you are not judged by the people sitting around you? Okay? And now, if I were going to be judged by anybody, it'd be this group I'd want. Okay? But the thing is, I'm not judged by people. They don't say whether I'm being what God wants me to be or not being what, if I'm being a faithful servant or not. They don't get to choose. They don't get to tell me whether I am or not. Well, I guess you can tell me if you want, but I care very little what you think about it, all right? As a matter of fact, it goes on to say, and I think maybe it's important, that we, or, or by any human court, you turn on your television and they look at Christians or Christian people and they'll say, oh, they're a bunch of, anybody know? Hypocrites. By the way, this morning, if you've been feeling that way, you Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites, all right? got to admit to you that sometimes we are hypocritical. Sometimes we don't do what we say we want to do, right? But I'll also tell you this. We are not hypocrites. We really want to serve our Lord. We want to do that. And if we mess up, we're sorry we mess up. And we're going to try not to mess up again. And we're going to try not to have those faults and those frailties. But I'm telling you right now, we want to love our Lord and we want to put Him first. If you see me and you catch me messing up, friend, please know that it's not because, oh, He's not really what He says He is. Just because I'm a human trying to serve my Lord, but sometimes I mess up, okay? Please forgive me. I don't claim to be perfect, but I claim to know the one who is perfect. And it's through his sacrifice that I can be okay with my Lord anyway. So, this morning, it's not about, all right, doing things that occasionally are hypocritical, all right? It's about not being a hypocrite. We're not pretending to be God's child, are we? That's not what we want. We want to be his. As a matter of fact, this morning, I'm just here to say it's either in or out. It's either his or not his. There's no use to playing around with it. It doesn't, doesn't accomplish a thing. So this morning, I don't care if the whole world says, oh, you're a bunch of hypocrites, right? I know for me today, I'm just trying to serve my Lord best I possibly can. And I think I'm with a family who does the same thing. We're just trying to be God's, trying to love him. And so, I don't know, maybe there'll be a lot of people tell us, oh, you guys are out, you guys are doing you guys are standing for the wrong things. You guys are, are, are having this moral code that's different than ours, and so therefore you can't. I don't care. I care very little, okay, if I'm judged by you or any human court. It's not about what you think about me, okay? That's not where I'm going to put my judgment. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say, and this one really gets you, right? Because you've heard me say, and I've thought about it several times, it's about you. You look inside. You see who you are. But notice what he says. I'm not even going to judge myself. I'm not even going to look inside and say, you know, Rick, you're all right. You must be, you're doing okay. I can't, it's not about that. As a matter of fact, he says that maybe my conscience is clear about it. In other words, I'm not being hypocritical. I, my conscience is clear. I'm really doing what I think I ought to do. But that does not make me innocent, according to Paul. You could be wrong. Your conscience could be wrong. So therefore, we have to look somewhere else. It's not in you. It's not in people in general. It's not even in myself. I can't even rely on my own conscience. I must turn, and matter of fact, he's very clear. It is the Lord who judges me. Now, if that's the case, I think I just want to go the Lord's way. Lord, what do you say as a faithful servant? That's what I want to be, 
a faithful servant of his. Now, I want to look at another thing because this, uh, when we're talking about being a faithful servant, let's just do this, this honest self-examination. Now, I got those, that wording from 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, as Paul says, to examine yourself to see whether you are what? To see whether you're in the faith, which I find that wording kind of interesting. You need to look inside and see whether you're even in the faith or not. Not if you're really doing good, not if you're really, no, no. Evidently, there's this idea of two choices, right? You're either in or you're out. There's really no in-between. So you can't say, well, I'm, I'm halfway. No, no, no. It's not about being half. Evidently, you're going to see if you're in the faith because you're either in or you're out. So this morning, I'm going to try to be honest with myself, look inside and see whether I'm in or out because that's what matters is whether I'm in or out. Now, you may think, well, God, I'm so, I, I just got so many problems. I've got such frailties. Things are going so, are you his? Do you belong to him? Is your heart his? Are you serving the Lord the best you can? Are you in or are you out? That's the question. He says this, don't you realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. In other words, if you do this honest self-examination and you look inside and you see that Christ isn't in you, okay. Then you can say, wait a minute, I've got to change some things. So it's this idea of, of Christ being in us, okay? And that's what we're talking about here. Now, I am not meaning by any of this that somehow we can be this great servant and we will deserve. Oh, Christ will look at me and say, oh, you have done so well. No, no, no. We serve our Lord because we love Him. He's done everything for us. He loves us. And what wouldn't we do for Him? And so this morning, as I say, look inside, is Christ in you? I'm not saying, oh, have you done enough stuff so that Christ is in you? No, no, no. I'm talking about, is your heart committed to you, Lord, to the point that you look inside and say, Christ is controlling. He's, matter of fact, if, if there was some wording you could put to it, it's like, Christ is the focus of my life. He's what I think about. He's what I try to serve. He is the, my direction. He is my focus. He is the one I strive to please. It's not you. It's not men. It's not even myself. Okay, so that's the idea, is that there's a focus because Christ is in you, and it's Him that we try to please. It's Christ's ways. We try to live as He wants us to live. That's what we do, because Christ is in us. It's also the, what do you say, the relinquishing of your own life. Yeah, I, I saw the little bumper sticker, and, and, it, and it's become to mean a lot more to me as time has gone on, that uh, if... Christ is your co-pilot. You guys heard that one? You need to change seats. Right? Yes, I like Christ in my life. I just, you know, I mean, I'm going and he's there with me. That's not it. Because if you're going, you might not be going where he wants to go. And he's not going to go there with you if you're not headed where he wants to go. So shouldn't it be that, that Christ is the pilot? Where do you want me to go? I'll just be yours. You take me. I'll just, you're the guy. You're the leader. You're the one who's, who is leading my life. So no longer is Christ your co-pilot. He is the pilot. All right? He's the one that's driving. He's the one that's taking you where you need to go. Now, I've got a couple things, and I'm just going to make two points, Marion, today. So, okay, just two real quick points, all right? 
Now, the first one I'd like to make is this idea of how can we be servants of the Lord? And, and I'm just going to, there's a couple of things personally that I thought about that has kept me from being the servant I really want to be, okay? And, and I'm going to talk about those two things today, and, and maybe they'll apply to you, and, and uh, uh, I encourage you in your small groups this evening that if there are other things that you'd like to bring up as far as, well, what's the real things that have kept you from being the servant you want to be, you can bring those up and talk about those uh, a little bit later. But here's a couple of things that I thought of. The first one was this. Choose your friends carefully. Any parents want to say amen to your children about that? Uh, choose your friends carefully, okay? Uh, as a matter of fact, that could go for your spouse. <laughs> that could go for, uh, 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 it doesn't matter who you are because friends influence. They make a difference in your life. Be careful who you create as your inner circle. Because your inner circle, the people you're around, watch it, you'll become like them. I'm going to go to Tennessee, 1st of April round, for my annual uh, turkey hunting trip. And I'll, just talking about it, you can hear my accent, can't you? Because you can't hardly say Tennessee without that coming out, right? You start talking a little slower. And every word has several accents, okay, uh, several syllables. Uh, but uh, I've noticed that when I'm in certain places, I, I talk like certain people, right? And so wouldn't it make sense that we would surround ourselves with the very best people we know, right? Wouldn't it make sense that we would get around people who maybe we're looking at them and say, wow, they're so much better, I mean, they're so much more dedicated to the Lord, that fine. Let them be the ones that are influencing you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, y'all are all better than me, but I'm just thinking, man, if I can be around good people, good influences, some that will encourage me in the right direction instead of the wrong one. That's the friends I need. Now, I'm not just making this up. The Bible talks about this over and over, but a couple of verses that I really think about is, of course, this one in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Amen? That happened to anybody? Oh, I don't know if you want to stand up and say amen or raise your hand or what you want to do. Ever happened to anybody in here? Boy, it's happened to me. I've noticed it. I've been there. And I also know that when I'm around people that tend to gospel a lot, guess what I do? A gospel a lot. When I'm around people who have bad attitudes, guess what I have? You guys are saying, because you know it, right? You, you've been there. You experience it. You know what it's like. Bad company corrupts good character, right? And we know that. Now, here's another verse I thought about. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And maybe this is where we ought to believe in this, or go in this thing. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, notice what he says there. Yoked together. And maybe I should have pulled up a different translation because the idea is, you know, for us being yoked together, we don't, you know, we kind of got a vague idea, but yoked together means that you are connected with another person. Uh, this is a reference to, to pulling uh, uh, animals, okay, uh, ox or, or horses or mules or whatever that you would yoke together, and they would pull together in one general thing, trying to get something done, right? And so they were yoked, and they couldn't get away. <laughs> they were in the yoke together. And it was like they were they become each other. See, they were they were they were they're there and a part of each other. And that's the idea. I'm not saying that you can't have friends that are not uh, Christian people. I'm not saying that. 
As a matter of fact, if you do not have friends that aren't Christian people, how are you ever going to be any good for your Lord on this earth? Right? You've got to have relationships. As a matter of fact, we are put on this earth to love God and to love others. It's about other people. It's about trying to have relationships with us because we want other people to know about Christ also. So when you hear me read this, don't think, oh, Rick says we can't have anything to do with anybody else. No, no, I'm just talking about being yoked together. Okay, there's a difference between knowing people and being friends with them and being yoked together with them. Oh yeah, they're they're just they're influencing my life. I'm, I'm you guys. I mean, I assume you know the difference because there's according to this, there's a big difference with that. And then he says this: For what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Wait a minute, those two shouldn't be yoked together. What fellowship can there be of light and darkness or harmony between Christ and Belial, which is, uh, uh, which is a false god that they really knew about at this time because there were some people worshiping, right? What does a believer have in common with him with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? And that, by the way, in Corinth, that was a very big deal because they actually had temples to idols there. So it was, well, wait a minute, you can't have both of those things. And, of course, there were people trying to have both, live both ways. Wait a minute, you're not supposed to do that. And then he says this, right? I will, uh, uh, talking about the temple of the, of the living God, God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. So the idea is that we're not yoked together. We don't have this closeness with people that are going to drag us down, right? that are going to take us away from our Lord. Happened to good friends of mine. I've seen it happen. People that were close to me got around the wrong people, started hearing the kind of advice or encouragement from other people, ended up being a big mess, all right, because they, they were yoked together. They started sharing ideas and things, and all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute, I think I'll go your way, do your thing. You can be, you will be an influence on others. Just make sure it's a good influence, okay? Now, I also thought about this, and it kind of goes along with it. And there's this idea of just the worldly things. Don't be friends with that either. Matter of fact, James chapter 4, verse 4 says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Why are you accepting all this worldly stuff? And letting any, are you becoming friends with the world? Don't do that. Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Very serious to our Lord that we aren't just yoked together with worldly things. Okay. Matter of fact, he says over in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, do not love the world or anything that is in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We don't strive after those things. That's not where our heart is. We don't love, we don't love the things of this world. No, no, no. It's a different kind of life. We are given to our Lord for everything that is in the world. Then he kind of has some things he mentions here. The cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does. It, that comes not from the Father, but from the world. And here's the logic of it, all right? The world and its desires... The worldly things and, and, and taking God out of your life and living according to the things that God says not to do or the, or the hey, the world and its desires, they pass away. They're temporary. They don't go. Matter of fact, it's the man who does the will of God that lives forever. So therefore, don't put your life into the world. Put your life into your Lord. Now, it's one of the things I've thought about and one of the things that's helped me. And I thought about, you know, if I'm going to be a faithful servant, the first thing I need to do, and I may need to do this, maybe you need to do that. Maybe I need to be careful not to be yoked together with people that are going to lead me away from my Lord. Be careful. Choose your friends wisely. I also thought about this. This idea 
of being a servant? Because he says this about those servants. And I mentioned it a while ago. Entrusted with the secret things of God. You and I, if you're God's child, you and I have something so precious. And there is no one, nobody, I don't care who they are, what they have done, where they are in this life, there is no one who is not worthy of the love of our Lord. You guys agree with that? Now, if that's the case and you believe that, which I, of course, that's what, that's what the story of Christ is about. God loved the world that he gave, gave so much that he gave his one and only son. Matter of fact, Christ demonstrated his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the idea is, is that there's no one. Everyone should know about the love of our God. Now, if you know about that, if that has been given to you, maybe you were blessed to be raised in a Christian family. You had a Christian mother and father who encouraged you to know about our Lord. And, and over time, you started thinking, well, I, this is a precious thing that God has given me. And, and maybe you come to know about his sacrifice and, and the salvation he offers. And wow, you were just so thrilled to have that kind of message and that kind of uh, inside of you, that, that kind of thought inside of you. Do you realize not everybody had that? Or maybe as time has gone on, maybe you weren't raised in a Christian family, but but you started reading, and, and maybe you had a good friend that talked to you about Christ, and, and you were thrilled to come to know him. And all of a sudden, your, your, your life has changed, and you realize who he was, and you understand the, the peace and forgiveness that comes through Christ. Oh, what a blessing. Here's the issue. Why would we keep that to ourselves? Why would we hold that inside? Now, he who was given a trust must prove faithful. You've got a precious message. It makes sense that that precious message is on our lips and in our hearts, on our minds. And when we are with people and talking with people, we are talking about this. It's something that comes through. He's done this for us. When Jesus was going to leave the earth, he tells his disciples, his followers, I, I want you to go into all the world and take the gospel to every creature. Tell them all about this. I want you to do that. Because it's in that message that people can have the forgiveness of sins. A couple of things I want to close with. First of all, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24. Now I'm talking about taking this message of Christ to people. I'm just talking about, as a matter of fact, whatever you do, whatever you do, you work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. I want to remember that when, uh, when I wake up in the morning. I'd like to encourage all of you young people who are going to be headed to school uh, in the morning. I don't want to bring something up so terrible and you guys get depressed. But remember, school is going to happen tomorrow. When you go to school, okay, tomorrow, will you remember that it is the Lord Christ that you are serving? You're just His. You're just serving Him. Now, when you go to work tomorrow, some of you are going to probably going to go to a workplace where you're going to find that not everybody serves the Lord and not everybody even thinks about the Lord. As a matter of fact, it may be opposite of that. They may really make fun of you because you do, okay? I just want to encourage you, friend, family, brother, sister, just remember that it's the Lord Jesus you're serving. That's what you're doing. You're just going through life serving your Lord. And whatever you do, you do it like you're serving the Lord. You try to be an encouragement, you try to do it, but you're just serving your Lord. 
It's not about what you think about me. It's not about what the world thinks about me. It's not even about what I think about me. It's what Christ thinks about me. Let me close with this first. This is, uh, I, I just thought about it. It was one of those things that maybe we need to, uh, you know, there's several of them that we write on our refrigerator, right? Well, here's another one, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul says this, we make it our goal to please him. As you start your day tomorrow, will you make it your goal to please him? Just be your father's best you possibly